several weeks we've been talking about this this idea of prayer as as a constant connection with God and and much like the the father in this video I, I I'm sure that our father in heaven would would say the same thing whenever we come to him in prayer I I think our father would be saying just like this father I'm glad we talked <laughs> uh, the, the the idea of of having a, a constant connection with God through prayer is is one that you find throughout the scriptures and and for where we'll begin today we want to begin by looking at at one of the most potent little statements about prayer that you find in the Bible uh, it is this brief little sentence this brief little part of a sentence really that is is actually one of the more powerful statements on prayer it's in the book of First Thessalonians, First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17, and I want to show you the way that, that different English translations, different versions of the English Bible translate this verse. If you have an NIV uh, Bible, that's one of the, the pew Bibles there in front of you, uh, it just says simply pray continually. Uh, the New American Standard, the English Standard versions say pray without ceasing. New Living Translation just says simply never stop praying. And then in the message, we find this summary statement, pray all the time. But that little sentence, that little phrase, it's, it's really, it's tucked away in a, in, a, in a pocket of teaching that is near the end of this letter that was written by a church planter by the name of Paul. And in order to understand the, the full context i want you to see i want us to, to back out from just this one verse and to look now at at the full context of what paul is saying to these early christians verses 16 through 22 he says rejoice always pray without ceasing and give thanks in all circumstances for this is the will of god in christ jesus for you do not quench the spirit do not despise prophecies but test everything. Hold fast to what is good and abstain from every form of evil. As you can see, these, these exhortations are given in pretty rapid-fire fashion, aren't they? There's no fluff. There's no uh, how-tos, okay? Paul's just writing to these early believers, and, and, and he's writing to this, this church that means something to him. So he says to them, do these things. This is what I want you to be about. I want you to be people who are constantly, you know, giving thanks in all circumstances. I want you to do that with tremendous joy. And, and right there in the middle, he says, pray, pray without ceasing. And, and because we believe that Paul is writing under the inspiration and the direction of the Holy Spirit, it's not enough just to say this is what Paul is, is trying to communicate. At a much deeper level, we're saying this is what God is trying to say not just to those first recipients, but to us as well. So, so we're back to this idea of, of a constant connection with God. And in the scriptures, I think it's fair to say God is, is really hoping that we will take advantage of this opportunity we have to commune with him and to have this constant connection with him. But we could use a few how-tos every now and then, right? And thankfully we get that throughout the scriptures, but this is one of those places where we would wish for maybe a, a, a little more explanation. Because again, the, it's just sort of is, is written there. Paul says, pray without ceasing. And so I, to me, this is one of those places where we'd really love a couple of, 
of how-tos when it comes to praying without ceasing. How do you do that? What does it look like to pray without ceasing? What does it look like to do anything without ceasing? Is that even possible outside of, you know, breathing? What, what can we do without ceasing? So, so what does that mean? That, that's one of those statements in the scriptures that has, has perplexed and, and troubled Christians for, for thousands of years now. How do we get our arms around this? What does this look like? How do we do this? And, and we'll talk about that here in just a few minutes. We'll, we'll try to make this really practical and talk about ways that I think we can, we can pray without ceasing. But, but before we do, I think we need to acknowledge this, that whatever it means to pray without ceasing, it's something that Paul himself practices. Whenever you find Paul in, in the New Testament, again, he's a missionary, he's a church planter, he's an apostle, so he is writing to these communities, these churches that are under his care, and he's always saying things like this. There's just two examples, okay? To the Ephesians, he makes this statement. You know, I've not stopped giving thanks for you. I remember you, he says, in my prayers. To the Colossians, he says something very similar. He says, for this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. Okay, so whatever it means to pray without ceasing, we can look, okay, we have an example of somebody here in the scriptures who is doing this. The one who wrote Pray Without Ceasing, he, he's talking about his own example here. Paul is, is known to write to these communities and to say, hey, imitate me to the degree that I am trying to imitate Jesus Christ. So we have an example of what it means to pray without ceasing in Paul, and so then it's no surprise that we see him talking to these churches and telling them to do the same. Look at what he says in these three passages. In Romans 12, he says, rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, and then this, be constant in prayer. To the Ephesians, again, pray in the Spirit at all times in every prayer and supplication. And to the Colossians, again, just simply continue steadfastly in prayer. So you look at all those passages, you put them all together. Let me just ask you, do you think that means... That Paul is, is literally doing nothing but sitting in a room all day long with his, his eyes closed and his hands clasped and he's doing nothing but just continually adopting this prayer posture, which I, I don't know who decided that closing your eyes somehow made your prayer more holy or, or pious, I don't know, but you know, do we picture Paul kind of sitting there with his eyes closed all the time in that sort of prayer posture? And is that what he is saying to these believers, that that's what he wants them to do? Do we believe that? I, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think we believe that's really what he's getting at, because, because Paul has stuff to do, right? Paul has sermons to preach, and he has letters to write, and he has people to interact with and places to go and and we're encouraged by that I think because we have things to do right we've got to go to work and we, we've got to go to school and we have meetings to attend and we have projects to work on and we have homework to do and we have kids to feed and we have dishes to wash and bills to pay okay so in all of that Whatever it means to pray without ceasing, I think we can say it doesn't mean neglecting those vital responsibilities that are a part of our day-in, day-out lives. That's not what it means to pray without ceasing. But the key here 
is this. As we go here and there, and as we do the things that we're trying to do that are part of our day-to-day sort of schedules, we can do that while praying. That's the term. We, as we go here and there, there is a way of maintaining that constant connection with God. Otherwise, these passages wouldn't be there. Now, there's a place and a time to go into the prayer closet, right? I mean, Jesus talks about that. There's a place and time to go and to close your eyes and, and, and bow your head if, if you choose to. There's a, there's a time and a place to, to go and to really focus our energies in prayer and not dilute that energy by doing other things. There's a place and time for that, and we've, we've talked about that in this series. But likewise, there's also a place and a time to bring prayer into the mundane, to bring prayer into whatever it is that we find ourselves doing at any particular moment in our lives. And I think that's what we're getting at here with this concept of praying without ceasing. It's getting us beyond thinking of prayer solely as bowing our heads and closing our eyes and going through our to-do lists with God. It calls us to think about prayer in a different sort of way. The Desert Fathers tell this story about what it means to pray without ceasing. I think it's, it's, it's helpful uh, for us as well. It's a little parable, I think, that helps us think a little differently about what it means uh, to pray without ceasing. So the story goes like this. A man uh, gets up in the morning and he goes to work and he, and he works out in the field um, all day. And while he's working, he's praying. So he thanks God for his blessings while he works. He thanks God for his family while he's working. Uh, it, the sun comes out, and he, he thanks God for the, the sun that provides a little bit of heat in the cool of the morning. In the afternoon, a little bit of cloud cover comes over, and so he prays and he thanks God for the cloud cover that, that keeps him from, from being too hot in the afternoon. And, and his whole work day goes kind of like that. He just prays throughout his day. And when he finishes work, he, he draws his wages, and then he heads home. And on his way home, he stops and he he buys two loaves of bread. And with one loaf, he feeds his wife and his children. And he leaves the second loaf outside the door for the poor man. And at night, the poor man comes and he prays a prayer of thanksgiving all night long while he enjoys the bread. Meanwhile, the first man is asleep in his bed. The Desert Fathers would say, this is is praying without ceasing. It's a life that is is prompted by prayer. It's a life that prompts greater prayer. It's a life that's really permeated with with prayer. So the first man prays as he's working, and that that prayer throughout his day cultivates this awareness of God that that actually prompts him to, to act compassionately, to go and to even think of purchasing a second loaf of bread to leave for the poor man. And, and likewise, that, that, that act of prayer then produces even greater prayer and greater awareness because the poor man sees this and thanks God and thanks God for not only the gift of bread, but the one through whom the gift came. And so he prays prayers of thanksgiving for the first man and on and on it goes. And so, so we begin to think about prayer here a, a little differently. We think of prayer as, as kind of this perpetual state of of being this posture that we return to throughout the course of the day maintaining a constant 
connection and conversation with God no matter what we might be doing and so in this way prayer becomes this divine thread that weaves awareness of God into our lives no matter what we might be doing no matter where we might go that probably sounds a little fanciful <laughs> for some of us okay I understand so I think we can also put this in little more just everyday language if we are going to pray without ceasing we have to multitask we have to find a way a, a position a, a practice or two of prayer that we can return to throughout the day while we're doing other things that's what it means to, to pray without ceasing we're trying to find that that constant heartbeat of the spiritual in the midst of the mundane day in day out activities so again it prayer is certainly to be done in the sanctity and the privacy of the prayer closet but praying without ceasing i think is about bringing the prayer closet out into the marketplace it's about bringing the, the life of prayer with you into the halls of your school or your workplace or your neighborhood or wherever it is you might find yourself. That's why we've called this series, we've entitled this series Constant Connection because we believe according to the scriptures that kind of connectivity with God is indeed possible, that we can connect with him in prayer this way. So today we, we'll, we'll turn here in just a minute and we'll talk about some practices, some some really practical ways that we can multitask and ways that we can try to be faithful to this command to, to pray without ceasing. But before we do, I think it's important to note that we're, we're kind of pivoting now also out of the places where we've been in our prayer series. And, and now we're shifting into the area that is referred to commonly as contemplative prayer. So we've said it several times, the, the kinds of prayers we've talked about already with petition and intercession that's about us asking God for some things, and, and you can continue to do that, continue to fill out those prayer cards, put them on the wall. We've started having to go two or three deep on some of these places on the prayer wall, and Joe's right, people have come through and been praying for those things, uh, so we want to continue to do that. That's a, that's a huge part of our life in prayer. But here's the thing, with contemplative prayer, we kind of make a shift, and we, we move away, in contemplative prayer, we're not focused on on, on just asking God, telling God what, what we need him to do. We're, we're, not, we're not trying to bring him all the information about what we want to be done in our world in contemplative prayer. In, instead, instead of asking God for things, this is the kind of prayer where you just draw near to God to be in his presence. Just for the benefit of being in his presence. I think it was the first week of the series, we, we talked a little bit about this, this quote from Charles Hodge, his book on prayer, and he says, it's heresy for me to treat God just like he's my errand boy, like I'm giving him just my to-do lists all the time. Here's what I need you to do, I need you to do this, 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 in Jesus' name, amen. That's what makes this kind of prayer, contemplative prayer, so important it's a safeguard against treating God like he's the proverbial genie in a bottle who just shows up to give me what I want in prayer to put it differently contemplative prayer it, it's all about intimacy with God Frank Laubach was a, a missionary in the 1900s and and he wrote about prayer as a friendship with God that we can carry with us into every minute of the day 
friendship with God. Thinking of prayer as friendship with God that can be maintained throughout the day. I love that. It's so biblical. But three times in the scriptures, Abraham is referred to as the friend of God. One of those is a direct quote from God himself. The other two are written you know, by human writers. But, but still, the point stands. These inspired scriptures tell us that Abraham had this relationship with God, this friendship with God. And that's what contemplative prayer is all about. It's about coming to God in prayer with all reverence, yes, and the authority that he is due, but also, also with the intimacy that I think God desires in prayer. Laubach believed that the essence of ministry was to be in the, in the middle of, of, of a meeting or, or a crowded room of people and the whole time to just be whispering the name of Jesus. And he says that the entire atmosphere of a room can be changed just by a few people who are quietly talking to God. I love that, and I believe that to be true. And so as we think about our, our prayer life, it is certainly going to be made up of petitions and intercession, but I hope it's also made up of these kinds of, of ways of, of thinking of prayer that we can talk about being intimate with our God. So today I, I want to close out just by talking about uh, a couple of different kinds of, of prayers. And, and I would invite you to experiment with praying these ways. If some of this is foreign to you, I would invite you to think about this week and, and consider whether or not these kinds of prayers could help cultivate that intimacy with God, greater intimacy with God. And I would ask you to consider whether or not these kinds of prayers can help us as we're trying to be faithful to the call and the command to pray without ceasing. So the two kinds of prayers I want to close by talking about are, are this. I want to talk about flash prayers, and we'll define that in just a minute. And I want to also talk about breath prayers. Let's begin with that, that idea of flash prayers. A flash prayer is, is just a, a, a simple, a quick stream of consciousness kind of prayer. It's based on this idea that the present moment, any moment, can be a prayerful moment. So when we talk about this kind of prayer, flash prayers, you're not trying to place any restrictions on yourself in prayer. You don't come with a set agenda. Again, we're not coming with like, hey, God, I want you to do this, 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 this. There's, there's place for that. But this is where we come to God, and we're not, we're not coming with our agenda. We're just drawing near to God, trying to be in the presence of God. And we're just trying to pray and talk with God and commune with God about whatever it is that we find in front of us in the present moment. Because again, any moment can be a prayerful moment. That's kind of the, the, the baseline, the thought uh, behind this way of praying. Laubach talks about them as these are the kinds of prayers that swish all over the place. Okay, You're just kind of praying whatever it is that comes to mind. Now, when I was in college, I took a course on the spiritual disciplines, and we got to this, this whole idea of flash prayer, and our, our professor decided to take us on a field trip to help illustrate what this was all about and give us a chance to practice this so instead of meeting in the classroom uh the next class meeting we, we actually met at the at the mall one of the shopping malls in nashville and we met right there at the front door and the professor kind of explained what he wanted us to do he said okay for the next 20 minutes set a little timer on your you know on your watches or whatever and 20 minutes i want us to meet back up at the food court but right now i want you to just take 20 minutes and walk by yourself don't go in groups but I want you to walk, and the whole point of this, you're not here to shop, 
Okay, you can come back later if you need to pick up something. The whole point of this is for you to practice these flash prayers. And what I want you to do, I just want you to pray for the people that pass you by as you walk through the mall. You can do this in any public place, but the mall is readily available to us, okay? So he said, I, don't place any restrictions on yourself. Just pray whatever it is that comes to mind as you see these people, okay? And then we'll meet back up at the food court and we'll talk about what happened. So, so we set off. I, I come walking, you know, uh, go upstairs and I'm, I'm, I'm walking and I, I'm thinking, I don't really know how to do this, but okay. And so the, the first person that I see is this young mother pushing a stroller. She has her baby there in the, in the stroller. And so, um, so I just I kind of started praying for her, you know. And I didn't really have any idea of what I was going to pray, but I ended up saying something like, you know, Lord, I, I just pray that you would bless that woman with patience, you know. That time I didn't have any children, so I thought if I had kids, I'd probably want somebody praying for my patience, you know. So I was like, I pray for her patience. I've got to pray that you would give her strength as she's raising this child. And I, again, I, you know, you don't know their story, but is she, is she raising that child on her own? Are there other people around supporting? I don't know, but God, I just pray that you would give her some support. And, and, and I found myself praying, God, I, I pray that you would help her know she's not alone in all of this. And I pray that if she doesn't know you, that she would. And I pray that that child would come to know you as well because you have created him and he is fearfully and wonderfully made. I hadn't thought of that verse, but it just came to mind, you know. And so I'm, I'm praying all that and that's about all the time I had to pray for her and then, then she, was, she was past me, you know. And behind her, I saw an elderly couple holding hands. And, and, and so I just sort of shifted the prayer away from, from mom and baby. Okay, now, Lord, I, I want to thank you. I want to thank you for this couple, and, and you, you can't help but start to build up stories around people when you start to pray for them, so who knows if it's right, but I was like, I, I just pictured them, you know, how their, their love began all those years ago, probably the same way most young love begins with a lot of stammering, you know, and awkward hand-holding, you know, but now you look at where they are, and it's just it's so natural, and so God, I, th God, I thank you that, that, that couples like this are a reminder of your enduring love. And I, and I thank God for their long walk in the same direction. And I prayed that in their final years, they would know peace. And that was about all the time I had to pray for them, and then they were by me. <laughs> you, you get it? And behind them, there was this angry-looking young man. And I don't know his story, but I couldn't help but think, you know, he hasn't always been that way. And there's something in his life that has caused him to, you know, walk through here like he is just so angry just looking for a fight and I was like God I just pray that you would calm his angry heart and like whatever it is that's going on in his life it's, it's on and on we went just walking before I knew it 20 minutes was up and we met back at the food court and the professor was like okay what happened and we all just oh this was great it was amazing and it was it was such a simple little exercise but I felt more connected to everything around me I, I, I really and truly felt like I I had I was able to recognize through that little practice that I was surrounded by people, men and women, children, who were just like me, created in the image of God. And sometimes we work really hard to suppress that image. <laughs> and, in, and in some people, that image has been so marred and corrupted, it, sometimes it's hard for us to recognize that even in ourselves from time to time. But it, I, can't, I can't tell you what, what good it was for my heart to pray for people that way, to be aware of the, the life and the humanity around me in a moment like that. But also this, I felt more connected to God. 
felt like God was right there with me. In a place where we normally think about God. I don't even know if people shop at malls anymore, all the online stuff, you know. But like when you go there, it's, it's like the God of commerce and, and, and commercialism that is usually worshipped there. But to find the presence of the living God, even in a place like that, that I don't normally think about him, did me a world of good. And that's a little practice that I've tried to come back to repeatedly over the course of my life. I'm not telling you that story so you think that I've got it all figured out in prayer. Okay, I hope you don't hear me say that. I hope you know me better than that. Uh, even at the risk of you thinking that, I share that story with you so that, so that you would consider maybe praying that way if you haven't before. What would happen if you were walking through an airport praying for people like that? Or, or walking through your office or through, through your neighborhood and would, that be, would you consider praying that way this week and just seeing what might happen and seeing what it might do to your relationship with God, what it might do with your relationship with others? That's, I think, one possible way for us to be faithful to this call to pray without ceasing. So flash prayers, that's one way to do that. Um, the last one I, I kind of want to talk about is, is, is similar but different in that it's, these are called uh, breath prayers. And a breath prayer is another short prayer. But with, with flash prayers, you know, you, you come into it and you're just kind of praying in the moment. You don't bring a set agenda. With a breath prayer, it's, it's something that you've already scripted out ahead of time. But it's something that you pray over and over repeatedly throughout the day. They're called breath prayers because they correspond to our breathing. Usually there's a line that you pray as you breathe in and a line you pray as you breathe out um, and and just as as we know we can't live on one breath of air the idea here is that so too we can't live on just one breath of god it is he in whom we live and move and find our being right so uh breath prayer or the prayer of the heart it's been practiced uh, in the church for hundreds of years the most well-known breath prayer it's called the jesus prayer it's based on luke 18 uh, Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on me, uh, for I'm a sinner. Uh, the prayer is, is, again, modeled on the, in the pattern of, of breathing. So you say the Lord Jesus Christ part as you breathe in. You say the second part as, as you breathe out. But the brevity of that helps you to, to say that throughout the day as, as you pray. Uh, I've been practicing those kinds of prayers now for, uh, for several years. And it is a, a little uncomfortable for me to tell you that because... Um, because inevitably some of you will think I'm just telling you that to toot my own horn. Um, but I'm trying to teach here. Um, this is the best way I know to keep company with Jesus. Uh, for me, it's a great way to incorporate some of the scriptures that I love into the way that I pray. So, um, so I just kind of want to share this with you. Uh, this is just my kind of prayer practice. Um, maybe you can hear what I'm saying and adapt it in your own kind of way. Okay. Um, when I'm studying the Bible to prepare for a message, um, I pray the words from Philippians chapter 3, which simply say, I want to know Christ. And, uh, and I pray that because I'm asking God to show me Jesus in any particular text, because I believe he's there, and, um, and, it, and it helps my Bible reading when I pray that prayer. So, so over the course of a given day, if I have a day, you know, I'm kind of focused on studying, you know, for a sermon or a class or whatever, that's the prayer that I say probably, you know, a couple hundred times. I, I want to know Christ. I want to know Christ. Um, when when self-doubt creeps in, I start to question myself. I start to doubt. Um, 
which, you know, I think we all kind of deal with that. I find myself praying this prayer, uh, I know who I am because I know who you are, which is uh, based on scripture, again, from Genesis chapter 1, 26 and 27, which reminds us that we're made in the image of God. When Satan begins whispering in my ear and telling me that, you know, I'm this or I'm that or I'm not enough or blah, 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 um, this is the time when I pray this kind of prayer over and over. Um, in Numbers 20, there's that episode with Moses, and he gets angry, and he strikes the rock when he's not supposed to strike the rock. He's supposed to speak to the rock, but he strikes it in anger, and it costs him dearly. <laughs> and so when I find myself dealing with anger, I pray, Lord, I will not strike this rock. If you heard that, you didn't know that story, you probably think it's crazy, but um, I'm an eight on the Enneagram, so this helps me tremendously in dealing with, uh, with anger. At night, um, Psalm 42, 8, the psalmist says, Lord, your song is with me. You ever have those nights when you just can't sleep? Your mind is racing, and maybe, maybe those are the times when you struggle the most to find a place of peace with God. Uh, I don't know what, what works for you, but turning that into a moment of prayer, I find it be really helpful. And so at night, this, this line from this psalm, I just pray it over and over, Lord, your song is with me, your song is with me, and that brings me peace. Uh, if I'm tempted to act in ways that aren't very loving, this one always comes to mind, the love of Christ compels me. Those are some of the prayers that I find myself praying over and over again. Some of the criticism of this, and some of you are probably thinking it, you know, Jesus warns against vain and repetitious prayers. Uh, he does. That's not this. Um, just because something is repetitious doesn't make it vain. Uh, you know, we say the same things in prayer over and over all the time, and I wouldn't accuse you of being vain <laughs> in that, okay? What makes something vain is the condition of your heart, and whether or not you're doing it for show. That's what makes something vain. So just because something is repetitious doesn't make it vain and repetitious. I would challenge you on that, okay? I've found this to be a tremendous blessing to my prayer life. So again, at the risk of maybe you not understanding why are we talking about all this today, I submit it to you as a way of possibly being faithful to that call to pray without ceasing. Um, Henry Nouwen once said that the discipline of prayer is the intentional, concentrated, and regular effort to create space for God. And I think that's what praying without ceasing is. It's about regularly creating space in your life to interact with God. So again, there are places and times for head bowed and eyes closed, but there's also places and times for us to be able to pray those quick, silent prayers that maintain a constant connection with God. As we close, let me remind you of the promise of James chapter 4, verse 8. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. However you choose to pray without ceasing, however you choose to develop that intimacy with God through prayer, know this, that whenever we draw near to him, he promises to draw near to us as well. Today, maybe you need to draw near to God for one reason or another. If so, I hope that you know that the invitation of Christ is extended. If you need to draw near to God today and 
confess the lordship of Jesus and put Christ on in baptism, then we would pray that that would happen today so that we could celebrate that great joy with you. If there's something else on your heart that you want to share with your shepherds, either down front or in the back of the room, please know you can do that as well. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Let's stand together and let's sing our song.